We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bobby Wilson from the TNT College Football Podcast. Uh, Glad that you're joining me uh, on this episode. I'm here to uh, continue my breakdown of all 133 FBS college football programs. Uh, Next, I have on my list is the uh, Florida Atlantic Owls uh, joining the AAC from Conference USA. Last year they went 5-7, and 4-4 four and four in Conference USA. Uh, definitely underachieving and led to a change at the top. And they bring in Tom Herman, who his track record speaks for itself uh, at the AAC level, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, <clears throat> first, I'll... Uh, look at uh, their upcoming schedule for this year. The Owls start off, they play Monmouth, then Ohio, and at Clemson and at Illinois. That's their non-conference schedule. Um, obviously, the first two games, pretty winnable. Ohio uh, was in the MAC champion, championship game last year, actually ended up winning the MAC championship game, so uh, uh, will be a test for them. But then uh, Clemson and Illinois, um, obviously, Big games there against big schools. Then you look at their AAC conference schedule. They play Tulsa at USF, UTSA at Charlotte, at UAB, ECU, Tulane, and at Rice. Uh, Obviously, with the changes that have been made, um, fans are expecting nothing less than a bowl game. and uh, That would definitely seem to be the case for this season. Um, One of the new things I'm looking at this year implementing into these into these breakdowns uh, looking at uh, each program stadium um, the owls play at FAU Stadium Howard Schnellenberger Field with a capacity of 30,000 uh, beautiful stadium uh, in Boca Raton uh, obviously the site of the Boca Raton Bowl um, one of the things that it's known for is being just over a mile from the beach uh, that's actually one of the things that Florida and Atlantic prides itself on come uh, ball in paradise, playing paradise. Uh, it's, I've never been to Boca Raton, but it looks beautiful. It looks amazing. Looking forward to the time that I get down uh, there to go to a game, um, to a, just a beautiful stadium uh, that they've done a lot of really good things on. Uh, another new thing that I'm implementing this year uh, for each program is a coach on the rise. Uh, so the coach that I, I'm going to break down a little bit for FAU is uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Charlie Fry. Um, uh, coach Fry was somebody that I thought was definitely going to well, – I, I think we all know he was in the running for the Akron job a few years ago, and I thought he was going to get the nod at his alma mater. But uh, he continues on um, in his coaching uh, career – Obviously, his playing days speak for itself. He he was, he's arguably the best player to ever play at Akron. Uh, had an t- unbelievable career there. Um, has coached at uh, 
different levels. He went to a consultant role at the University of Florida, then went to D2 Ashland, which sidebar, uh, that was in the conference that I was in in college. So I know the GLIAC well. I know Ashland well. I've been there, played there, completely understand that, uh, where he's coming from there. Uh, then he went to Central Michigan and was there for quite some time, um, served, uh, led a unit that was ranked third in, in uh, rushing yards per game in the MAC with Kobe Lewis, Lou Nichols the third um, had some really talented players there. After his time at uh, CMU, went and spent some time with the Miami Dolphins uh, for, and then uh, went to Penn State, uh, and and now is at Florida Atlantic, where he's been the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach since uh, 2022. Uh, Charlie is a coach Fry, I should say, is a obviously a fantastic quarterback coach. Um, it, obviously, like I said, his playing day speak for itself. Uh, but what he, what he's done as an offensive coordinator um, at, at his different stops um, is, and then here at FAU, it leads to uh, him potentially getting that call to be a head coach down the road. And I think his time is coming, and it's only a matter of time. Um, so. Now just going into the breakdown, I do these position by position, um, and then I give a little bit of analysis at the end. Uh, looking at the offense, uh, the quarterback position has been upgraded uh, drastically via the transfer portal this year. Uh, Daniel Richardson started 23 games during his time at Central Michigan, <clears throat> but the one everybody seems to be talking about, and for good reason, is uh, Casey Thompson starting 10 games in Nebraska last season. Of course, obviously, uh, Texas as well uh, the year before. And all eyes are on Thompson if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, uh, this team could really, really make some noise in the AAC and uh, have the potential to, to do something do something special, maybe. Uh, you look at the running back position. The running back position is stacked. Uh, returning first team All-Conference USA performer Larry McCannum, who had over 1,000 yards last season. You got Zabari Mobley also returning. And then you have the the addition of Purdue transfer Kobe Lewis, uh, a big deal. And, and I talked about uh, Coach Fry a little bit. Uh, Kobe Lewis ran for over a thousand yards in 2019 at CMU when Charlie Fry was the offensive coordinator there and on that staff. So a really good connection there. Um, they have some really, really talented backs here. Uh, the receiving core uh, boosts both some uh, awesome talent. Uh, the return of LeJonte Webster, he had eight touchdowns last year. And Jaquan Burton, who had seven touchdowns is big. Uh, Tony Johnson and BJ Alexander are also ones to watch. Uh, tight end has been upgraded by the by two transfers. You got Khalil Bryant from Miami and Elijah Brown from Alabama. Uh, so plenty of options for Casey Thompson or Daniel Richardson to get the ball to. Uh, should be exciting uh, getting the ball down the field. And then obviously with the running backs, and then you look at the offensive line. The offensive line returns multiple starters, and they're led by one of the best O-line coaches in uh, Ed Warner, um, one of the best in the country. Uh, Phil Steele, I believe, I saw had him ranked uh, in the top 25 nationally. So uh, somebody's held in high regard. 
Uh, right tackle Chaz Neal and right guard Marquise Robinson lead the charge on the offensive line. Looking at the defense now, uh, the defensive line dealt with a plethora of injuries last season, and they will be led by uh, future pro nose tackle Evan Anderson, fantastic player um, there. And then defensive ends Chris Jones and Marlon Bradley, along with defensive tackles Jacob Merrifield, Decarius Hawthorne, and Latrell Jean round out a unit that will make a big jump, and I think they'll make a significant jump for no other reason the fact that they're healthy but for the fact that the they have some really talented players there i already mentioned evan anderson being a future pro uh, makes the job a little bit easier for others around him look at the linebacker spot uh, linebacker corps should be improved even with the personnel losses that they that they have uh, courtney mcbride Morin Joseph, Eddie Williams, Jarrett Gerald, and Justin Cross return. And then there's the additions of uh, Jackson Ambush from Al- FCS Albany and then Ja'Cory Hammett, uh, one, one of the top JUCO transfers. And then uh, Desmond Tisdale from Auburn, uh, big additions there in the linebacker position. There's tons of depth, as you can see. So this, this uh, position should improve, even though they lost some really talented pieces the sum of everything that they're going to have this year should be pretty impressive. And then the secondary is set in Boca Raton. You got the safeties and Dwight Toombs, the second, and Armani, Eli Adams. There, That's a stout duo right there. Then cornerbacks, uh, Michael Antoine Jr. and Romain Mungin and Jaden Williams all have significant experience. Then they also added Jerron Morris uh, from Texas State, who was an all-conference member at uh, in the Sun Belt. So you're adding a talented player there at that position, giving them another guy um, at the cornerback position. So, again, the secondary looks pretty deep. This defense seems like it – or looking like to have the potential to be very deep. And uh, if injuries uh, become a concern like they have in the past, they should have plenty of different options to step up and uh, – take care of business there Um, then on special teams kicker uh, Morgan Suarez returns uh, while the punting job will be a battle between Logan Lupo and Nick Salmon Uh, watch out for LeJonte Webster on on punt returns Uh, obviously an uh, absolutely electric wide receiver but uh, does an amazing job returning punts as well then obviously the pickup of Tom Herman as head coach I think this is one of the better hires of the offseason because of fit. Um, we saw how well Tom Herman did in the in the American when he was at Houston, another program that's in a really, really good area when it comes to recruiting. He did an unbelievable job recruiting at that level. Obviously, Houston, Texas, you don't need to leave that 100-mile radius, even that, to build one of the better programs in the country. <clears throat> he did just that. And now with him in Boca Raton, Florida, um, you could probably say the same thing because he can just stay in South Florida and create a monster. And and I think that that really could happen. I think Tom Herman, like I said, his track record in this conference speaks for itself. Um, obviously, he stumbled a bit when it, while he was at Texas, uh, but I think he, he found a really good fit here at Florida Atlantic. 
Um, just hope he stays a while to build something here because this is a program uh, that's a bit of a sleeping giant, if you ask me. Um, I think this program can really turn into something special and can turn it into one of the premier G5 programs in the country uh, moving forward. So my final analysis would be uh, Tom Herman has an amazing track record, obviously, in the AAC, like I said. Uh, solving the QB position with two good transfers is the top task, uh, figuring out that position. Obviously, Casey Thompson, it seems to be the 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 head man going into it. I mean, his track record while he's been healthy speaks for itself. And, it, and it's good that you got Daniel Richardson back there. You have a backup now or a, another guy who has played significant action, 23 games in the MAC, uh, just in case something happens to uh, Casey Thompson. <clears throat> Reaching bowl eligibility with a favorable schedule shouldn't be an issue in 2023. Like I said, you got those two home games to start the year in non-conference, and then can they sneak? Can they sneak a victory against Illinois? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, not, I would, I'm not going to call that by any means, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And then you look at their conference schedule, very, very doable. You look at the FAU should be one of the upper echelon teams in the AAC moving forward. And I feel like this is definitely a team that can win seven, eight plus games. Uh, shouldn't be an issue at all. So that's a, that's my dive into the FAU Owls. Again, thank you guys for tuning into this. Hope everybody has a good night. God bless.